edition of curveballs and chair shots my name is brandon tanguma more than six feet away from me joining me live via zoom call is my lovely and esteemed co-host dominic hobson dominic how are you doing today brandon i am doing wonderful i'm actually changing my scenery right now because somebody wants to watch a movie next to me during the meeting so even virtually the studio audience will always be with us because wherever you go she goes correct (laughs) <laughs> yes, I forgot to unmute my, my microphone. Sorry, there, Brandon. There yes. we go. Off to a blazing start. Usually I'm the one that forgets to unmute my microphone, so. Eh, whatever. So, unfortunately, we wish we didn't have to do this bonus podcast for you guys, but this has been a huge news day for the world of pro wrestling. WWE has announced several talent releases, not only in-ring, but also producers and employees that we don't even know about. But there has been a long list of names. Before we get into it, Dominic, just kind of your overall thoughts. We talked about the XFL going, not going bankrupt, just closing up shop pretty much. And then on Monday, they kind of formally announced that they're going to be filing for bankruptcy, which means they don't have to pay anybody. And then now it comes out today, WWE cutting all these people to you know cut costs and stuff but technically if they really wanted to they could still pay all of these people and still turn a profit but it's just a greedy company doing what greedy companies do i mean let's be real here i mean when i first saw the list at first i was kind of like okay that person you know there's a few that i was kind of like okay i can see why they released okay whatever but then the list kept going and going and going and going and going i'm just like damn like this is just out of out of control um the ramifications you know uh kind of explain the okay i used a big word i didn't know what it means i'm gonna backtrack real quick uh <laughs> it's a little awkward not seeing you it's hard for me to kind of bullshit on the whim there you know that right well, this is pretty much what I, you know, I hate to bring up the other podcasts that, that I do, but this is usually I do this every single week. It is awkward, especially when we're trying to talk back and forth because I don't know exactly when you're going to start or stop talking. But I think we're going off. We're, besides you leaving your microphone unmuted, I think we're, 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 we'll be okay. Okay. Well, anyways, back to what I was trying to say. I think, uh, you know, with everything going on, some, most of these are probably justified in my opinion. There are a few that I'm kind of like, maybe you didn't need to release them. could have just kind of, you know, unpaid vacation or, you know, use some vacation time or something like that. Kind of like what most companies are doing right now. You're kind of just like, you don't have to be here. So we're going to like send you home and, you know, you're not out of a job, but you can come back in a few months when it's all better. But, you know, then again, these, the, the, the profession, you know, is a revolving door anyway. So basically there's no main issue with it. Yeah, I mean, WWE's roster was pretty bloated to begin with. We're going to, I think we should probably go, you want me to go kind of one by one and we kind of talk about every single one. Maybe we'll go after every single one and then we'll come back and we'll do it individually. But for the most part, you know, all of these guys and girls are kind of on the lower card. They weren't getting a whole lot of TV time. We do have the OC or the 
Gallows and Anderson, who were at WrestleMania, so and Sarah Logan, who was just on Raw. So there's a lot of people. It's not just people who were just sitting at home collecting a paycheck, but these people could have just sat home, get their downside guarantee, collect a paycheck. Obviously not what they would have done if they were on the road for 200 dates a year, but I think the wrestling Twitter and the internet is justifiably slow so flaming wwe for cutting all of these talents and we have aw roh new japan companies that are large but you know, i mean there's parent companies that are probably bigger than wwe but it, it just kind of shows you that people kind of already hate wwe and then they just do this on top of it and cut all their uh, all these wrestlers kind of sad to see that happen i mean let, let, let's be real here i mean it, even if WWE released nothing but, you know, washed up, never used, you know, like, like literally, okay, look, for an example, I don't want to, I hate to kind of jump right into it because that's your thing, but I mean, Premium and, and Epico, they, they haven't been seen in how long? And there was and a rumor been, that they were already released. I think Savio Vega said that they were gone, but they were still on the roster. Exactly. So it's like one of those things where it's like, you know, Am I upset to see them leave? I mean, I would never, I, you know, even, you know, with my job, there's a few people there that I'm like, God, just leave, get fired. But I still, you know, deep down, I feel sorry for the person. I don't want them to lose their job. But I mean, were they really contributing? Were they really there all those times? It's like, no. So them, I don't really care, you know, watching them walk out that door. So let's just jump right into it. We're just going to First, just go over the entire list as of right now. Who knows, by tomorrow, by our official recording on Friday, we might have a couple more people. But uh, I don't know if this is exactly in order, but we got Drake Maverick, Kurt Hawkins, Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows, EC3, Leo Rush, Eric Young, Heath Slater, Aiden English, Kurt Angle, Sarah Logan, referee Mike Chioda, Eric Rowan, Primo, Epico, Mike and Maria Canellis, Zack Ryder, Noe Jose, and Rusev. Now, that's just the on-screen in-ring talent. We also have some uh, producers that have been furloughed, which means they are still technically a part of the company. They're just not getting paid. Uh, so a lot of these are going to be legends like Billy Kidman, Mike Rotunda, dad of Bo Dallas and Bray Wyatt, David Finley, Pat Buck, Sean Devari, Scott Anderson, uh, Sarah Stock, friend of the podcast, Hurricane Shane Helms, Lance Storm, also friend of the podcast because we use his serious bit all the time. And obviously, probably plenty of other behind-the-scenes desk-working employees that we don't know the names of that have probably felt this effect as well. Uh, just real quick, I, I hate to kind of like off-subjectly, but like when I'm talking, am I like cutting in and out? Or because you're cutting in and out a little bit. Is it just me? Or? There was a brief whatever there was a brief moment where you did cut in and out a little bit maybe if the studio audience didn't have to watch netflix right now maybe <laughs> you know taking about your bandwidth and your brother and mom are probably doing something as well you know i got this great fiber uh internet and i'm in the room with the the modem so you know it shouldn't be on my end it's definitely on your end dominic it's most likely on my end i just want to make sure but um but uh if the people I, are listening to this then the audio must have been good enough to use okay true that um I mean that list I think is gonna grow. Um, I mean let's let's. I I didn't I thought Shane Helms was released. I didn't know he was furloughed. I thought a lot of them were actual full fledged releases. I didn't know they were furloughs. But um, 
but yeah, that list is. I way think too if big so, I'm opinion. looking at it, and it says I I think it's a mix. So maybe Hurricane was released, and some of the other ones have been furloughed. But I just kind of went off the list. So I mean, some of them, but not all of the producers uh, are either furloughed or released. I mean, the other thing I want to bring up too is you know one of the biggest issues, one of the biggest criticisms WWE is facing at the moment is creativity. You know, there's the storylines are kind of whack. They're not pushing the right people or whatever. And yet they go and release or furlough how many producers and people. It's like, this makes no sense to me. Yeah. I mean, I kind of, I woke up, you know, a little later than you did because you, know, you have to actually have a job, but I didn't really notice that this was going on. And then just all of a sudden I see like a live stream and seeing releases and I was like, oh, okay, maybe they released a handful of people and then nope. This long list of people. And last week we talked about the revival and it was, you know, it's, we kind of thought of it as like a happy release because they finally got free to the contracts. But now with all these people being released, we kind of thought with the revival, Oh, you know, it's good. They can kind of sit back. They weren't going to be used anyways, but now with all these people, I mean, some of them were being used and now they're not going to be collecting any sort of paycheck for, for the foreseeable future. I mean, we can go over name by name and see, I mean, some of them are probably going to land on their feet with some other big time companies, but uh, maybe a majority of these people are going to be on the indie scene or maybe just not really do anything in the public eye for a long time because of this pandemic. So the, the, the first person I really want to go in depth, not in depth, but a quick little brief thing over is Rusev. Um, so I did not see the llama on that list. So your my opinion is Lana next because she's technically just a valet. She's not really, uh, to my opinion, a major part of WWE. I think she should go with. I mean, I rather have Rusev over Lana. I understand that she's with Bobby Lashley right now, so she kind of has to, you know, be there. But in your opinion, do you think Lana should leave with Rusev, or do you think she's just going to say, "Hey, I, one of us needs to collect money, and I'm going to stay." Well, for the longest time, we've been kind of hearing rumblings that maybe Rusev was going to get out of his contract. Maybe he was already released. We haven't seen Rusev since this whole Bobby Lashley, Lana storyline. And Lana is, you know, there's not a lot of storylines going on on Raw right now. And the Lashley, Lana storyline is ongoing. It might be on its way out. I, I wouldn't be shocked if they do just kind of say Lana's done and Bobby Lashley cuts like a little promo and says that he kicked her to the curb and I don't know if he, Lana is supposed to be face or who's supposed to be heel and face in that situation. But I mean, Lana was always kind of not the breadwinner, but she was, especially recently, she was more the focal point in the company between those two. And the, the, another thing too, I mean, let's be honest here. Well, I mean, Lana is gorgeous. Do you think that played a part in it too? Vince is all, Vince is kind of, you know, you know how Vince is, Vince is blonde hair, beautiful body. I'd rather have that versus a big, beefy Russian or whatever he is, Slovakian or whatever. Like, do you think that's Bulgarian, play a part? Dominic? Bulgarian, whatever. Who cares? I mean, he was the Bulgarian brute. That was kind of his whole first gimmick, but I digress. I, w- I was going to say Bulgarian, but I was like, I don't think that's a real thing. Um, <laughs> it's, you know, it's a conspiracy made up by the government. Exactly. Um, but do you think Lana, you know, the sexual part had to play a part in Vince's decision to keeping her? I think it's just more the fact that she's actually being used at the moment. Who knows if their contracts are like kind of linked together that they, well, I mean, I don't know. They kind of 
didn't come in together and then they are going to leave together most likely. But I mean, I think just Lana, they're using her and they need her to be some sort of focal point. Maybe she is just kind of a valet and they have Zelina doing her thing, have Lana doing her thing, kind of have, I mean, I don't know what they're going to be doing because obviously it seems though her and Lashley are going to break up somewhere in the near future. So maybe she, you know, rides this out and then she gets, released i mean we're just gonna have to wait and see because this is an ongoing situation this whole pandemic ain't stopping anytime soon so maybe you know next month next week we might get some more names but i i don't think i mean obviously there are different factors that play along with this but i just think it's more that she is one of the few bodies who are who is being used right now on a pretty regular basis right now okay well that settles that i'm ready to start your whole process of now it's my list. time. So we're just going to go on my list, go down. So the first one we have is Drake Maverick. He posted a pretty emotional uh, video on Twitter when he got released, just kind of, you know, he was very sad. This was kind of his dream. And then it just comes, you know, he gets released. He is still, I guess, a part of the cruiserweight uh, interim tournament. It's going to be a round robin tournament. So, and I think these are all supposed to be taped alive. So technically he's kind of in a weird situation right now where he's going to be on NXT television, but yet everybody's going to know that he's gone after this. So, I mean, if I was WWE, I'd probably just be like, you know, I'm going to replace him with somebody else because the fact is, you know, he ain't going to win the whole thing because if he becomes champion, he's just going to have to relinquish it immediately anyways. So, I mean, it kind of makes no point for him to partake in the tournament anymore. Maybe you tell the story that if he, I, I don't think they're going to do this. It's probably very tasteless, but it is WWE that if he wins this title, he can win his job back. I mean, but then same for, well, yeah, I, I was going to say same for Leo Rush, but never mind. He's not in the tournament. Yeah, I mean, the, you would think a lot of the lower level NXT performance center type people might be the ones getting cut. Maybe they have gotten cut, but it's just, you know, names that we don't really know. I, I'm kind of surprised that a lot of these names are, you know, main roster kind of big names. We haven't heard it really anything because I haven't heard anything about any NXT cuts really going down. But the, the thing also, though, is that, you know, I'm not saying Zack Ryder was making $2 million a year or whatever, but I'm saying a Zack Ryder contract is probably more than a, you know, Matt Riddle contract, you know, like they're. I think Matt Riddle's making a pretty good chunk of cash. (laughs) Probably, but I'm just saying, you know, there's a lot of talent in NXT that probably isn't making anything that they're saying, well, okay, shit, we can fill, you know, a Hawkins Ryder match. We can fill with this tag team. They're dirt cheap. Hawking Riders cost more money than that. We can fill that spot. You know, they're going to lose anyways to, you know. Uh, but then on the other know, hand, you could like cut five people to equate to one of these contracts. I mean, look, let's also be honest here. Do you really want to see Zack Ryder and Kurt Hawkins lose every fucking week? Well, I do subscribe to them on their YouTube channel, the Major Wrestling Figure Podcast. It's a great YouTube channel. I don't collect figures. I'm not really into figures, but they're entertaining. So they have a little soft spot in my heart. And I mean, I guess. I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to say anything. It's up to you. Speaking of, 
Kurt Hawkins. He is next on my list. He has already been released from the company once before, and he has come back. So, he, I mean, when he was on the indie scene, he had a little bit of name value. He wasn't really on top doing anything, you know, spectacular. But now that he is with, you know, Zack Ryder is released as well, maybe they could team up and they can be a tag team on the indie scene in the Northeast. I don't really see them getting scooped up on by AEW. I think overall with AEW, they might get a, you know, a name here or there, but I just think for them, because they're probably on hard times as well. You, you probably don't want to scoop up all these names that kind of look like TNA and just trying to get all the WWE names to make you look major league. But then you also look kind of minor league because all these guys were dumped by WWE. I can also see impact TNA. I can actually see them scooping them up um, being that, you know, they're, I mean, my opinion, Zack Ryder is a former Intercontinental, former tag team, and former United States champion. Um, he does have, I'm not going to say, and I, you know, you walk down the street, you see no Zack Ryder. No, you don't. But, I mean, you know, you, you bring him on the TV, you know. I'm not saying there's dream matchups there, but, I mean, it does give you a little, you know, name value for TNA Impact Wrestling. But, yeah, AEW, um, New Japan, I don't see them going anywhere over there. Um, maybe Ring of Honor, but if not, it's just going to be straight, just local indie shows. Yeah, I mean, I can see them possibly going to Ring of Honor just kind of to add a little bit of name value. Brian Myers, Kurt Hawkins was doing kind of that Northeast indie circuit, I think, Zack Ryder, since I think this is the first time he's been released, so I think he'll make a, a nice little chunk of change once all this thing blows over. But another tag team that's been released has been Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows two guys that came over from Japan. Luke Gallows was already with the company beforehand. They come in, you know, they come in kind of hot, getting a little bit of a push. I think that's just kind of what happens with the tag team division. A lot of these guys are getting stop and start pushes. They were just at WrestleMania in the Boneyard match, and then now here they are getting cut. So kind of surprising. I think these are probably the two most surprising, honestly, just because they were in a marquee stable with AJ Styles. They were in that match with The Undertaker. And then just out of a sudden, I mean, there were rumors and speculation that maybe they were gone, but then they just kept kept on going. Well, I mean, did they just sign a contract extension too? So that, that that's what kind of got me. I was like, the, the first article I read, I just saw Luke Gallows. And I'm like, wow, they let go of Gallows and not at least both of them, because they're kind of useless, you know, not having both of them. And then the next one, Red Carl, and I'm like, oh, damn, they both went. And it just kind of didn't make any sense. You have the the OC, you have Anderson and Gallows, you have AJ Styles, you know, it, it, it WrestleMania was just a few weeks ago. It's, it makes no sense. I mean, they're big names. You know for a damn fact, they're most likely probably, I mean, my opinion, I think they'll go back to New Japan. That's just my opinion. I know AEW, you know, it's it's a, a possibility, but I think they're better off going back to New Japan, in my opinion. And yeah, they have those roots. They have a long-standing relationship with New Japan, but I think it also comes down to, do you want to, you know, make that commitment and travel there all the time? Yes, they can be kind of part-timers and go over there every now and then. But when they were in New Japan with the Bullet Club, they were there all the time, you know, for every tour and doing all that stuff. So it is kind of a big time commitment. I know Carl Anderson has kids, Luke Gallows has kids. So, I mean, New Japan sounds great, but it's also kind of a big commitment when you have a family to go over there. Eh, I mean, Fuck them money's, kids, right? mo- money's money. I mean, you got to do what you got to do to support your family. I mean, 
would you take a pay cut to stay in the States? Probably. But I mean, also you got, you also got to remember, just like you just said a few minutes ago, AW is probably hurting for money. New Japan's probably hurting for money. Impact's hurting for money. Everybody's hurting. So, I mean, realistically, do you even see them being signed anytime soon? I don't think so. Just because of the fact that they're not going to go to a company for, you know, the crumbs of a contract. They need, they're a big name. They need, they need a big contract in my opinion. Next up, we got EC3, someone who was released from WWE a few years back as Derek Bateman. He goes to TNA, makes a name for himself. He comes in with some internet buzz. I mean, he even in NXT, he got a little bit of a push. He had kind of a disappointing match with Velveteen Dream, and then he gets brought up to the main roster and like doesn't get used at all except for like the 24-7 shtick which is honestly kind of a sad story. I thought he could have been used a lot better. Not saying he could have been a main event of WrestleMania like Drew McIntyre, but just kind of a waste from WWE's point of view, not at least trying with this guy, I feel like. Well, I mean, he also did, you know, the 50-50 booking with Dean on Dean's way out, but, you know, that's, you know, not saying much. But, I mean, there, in my opinion, it, it's one of those things where I don't think it's that big of a deal. He, uh, there was no buzz around his – I mean, there was buzz of him coming in, and when he got called up, but because WWE once again squandered a talent, it's not that big of a deal because people are kind of just like, eh, they didn't do anything with him. He can go somewhere else and do better. Do you think we see EC3 return to his auntie's former business venture? I'd be surprised if he doesn't. I mean, shit, he can go back there and, you know, just take whatever contract they give him, and at least he'll be a main event wrestler again. You know what I mean? Like, he's going to be used every week. And – yeah, it's probably not that. I mean, there's Eddie Edwards. There's uh, um, was it Elgin? There's uh, Sammy Callahan. Sammy Callahan. Um, there's what? What's the what's the Kenny Omega knockoff dude? What's his name? I don't know. You know, uh, Tessa Blanchard is their champion. <laughs> Tessa, well, yeah, Tessa's their champion. The the Brian that guy is Brian Cage. So there, I mean, there there's people that go up against, but I, that I don't. I'm trying to look think back that I don't think he's faced there but I mean it is impact it's not that big of a company I mean it's a decent sized company but it's not AEW it's not WWE so I mean it's kind of you know up and up in the air but I, I wouldn't be surprised if he goes back then we got Leo Rush someone who made his name on the indie scene he comes in obviously super undersized uh, he was Bobby Lashley's mouthpiece for a long time a little too over the top a little too annoying but then he was kind of making a little bit of a comeback down at NXT, being the Cruiserweight champion, and then he gets released. I think he's one of those guys who could thrive just going around on the indie scene, having great matches. Maybe he goes to, you know, PWG, goes to the UK indie scene. I mean, I can see him maybe being somebody in AEW, but he is very – I mean, he is so undersized that it could also help AEW because most of their roster is a lot smaller, so they can make the other guys look a little bit bigger. But could you see? Could you just dream of a Leo Rush Pac match? Be pretty good. Um, him and Sammy Vark probably tear it down. I mean, AEW would be a real, a, a real. How do I say it? If he goes to AEW, it would be a real good uh, situation for him. But I, I, I was actually thinking about PWG, him going there and just tearing down the house every night. You know, making his rounds around the world. Um, he's a. Uh, you know, he he's not, like you said, he's not a big name, but, you know, being the fact that he can do, he's phenomenal in the ring, I think, you know, there's, he's probably going to get swooped up by some major company, probably. 
And I could also see him possibly going to New Japan, maybe doing a tour or two there with the Super Juniors, get in that tournament. That could be a lot of fun. Because I think New Japan in the junior division is lacking a little bit just because you got Will Ospreay and some of the other bigger names moving up to the heavyweight division. Then next up, we got Eric Young, another TNA guy, comes in, a part of Sanity, had a good run in NXT. Then he comes up with Sanity. And then they get disbanded and he just doesn't get used. He gets, you know, he's a job guy, main event for a long time. Uh, Just another one of those names like EC3 comes in, you know, he could have been a veteran hand, but then at the end of the day, don't don't really use him. I I just want to think it. I just think it's funny that when Sanity came up, Nikki Cross didn't come with him. She came in a little later and yet Nikki's the only one that's a stable, you know, Rest that you know is on a weekly basis wrestling everyone else, i mean besides wolf who i think is in nxt and then you have dane who's uh in nxt nxt um but it, it, it's funny that eric young who i think could have been the wacky crazy dude he is could have had some great matches with some people but once again wwe squanders a great talent and now we're sitting here talking about his release I think also he could have been one of those guys to add a little extra dimension to the 24-7 title. If it was going to be the comedy championship, I mean, Eric Young was so funny down at uh, in TNA, and they never really used his comedy side. I mean, he's you know a really good wrestler, a good talker, but I think that was just kind of something that they didn't really utilize in WWE. Maybe they didn't know about it. Maybe they just didn't like what he was doing in TNA. I mean, I mean, I, I, I've – you know, as we discussed before, I'm a huge Jeff Hardy fan. I I watched so many Eric Young match uh, Eric Young matches because of Jeff Hardy and TNA, and I thought he was absolutely hilarious. I thought, I mean, not not taking anything from his in ring ability, he's a great wrestler, but his comedy side is great. I I I would have loved him as 24 seven champion. Being insanity, he could have done some san. You know, you could have had like a sanity match or something. You know, where you know it's just all crazy and freaky and stuff like that like it would have been a great a great bit but wwe squanders a great talent going on down the list we got heath slater long time guy in wwe a part of the nexus and now we're not going to see the trifecta of 3mb becoming wwe champions it could still happen he can go somewhere else and be a world champion somewhere else but we're not going to get the 3mb world title you know picture that we all wanted I mean, the one thing I want to bring up, you know, Heath Slater, you know, him and Zack Ryder both, out of the past, what, I would say at least 10 years, roughly, every time you WWE would come around to their, you know, usual releases, you'd be like, oh, they're gone. No, they stay. And then they come again. Oh, they're gone. Nope, they stay. Like, they were, they dodged every freaking bullet. But this one they couldn't dodge and it's real heartbreaking. Um, I, I think in my honest opinion, I think once this coronavirus kind of goes away, if it ever does, I'm hoping to God it does. Um, I, I think he might be someone that they might reach out and be like, Hey, you want to come back just, just as a, you know, like, Hey, we had to release you because you just weren't doing anything, but you know, people are wanting you to come back and win the title. We want to get you a title but it's not going to be a two-year title reign. You're going to have it for a few months and then drop it to Rome. You know what I mean? Like, I could see that honestly happen. So with a lot of these guys, they're, you know, a lot of them are job guys. Do you see them kind of being able to 
redo their the stigma of being a job guy in WWE like Zack Ryder, Kurt Hawkins, Zack uh, Heath Slater, do you think? I mean, I think Sean Spears is kind of the prototypical kind of where he's where all these guys are at now. But, I, I mean, I don't really know a lot of these guys' indie abilities, so I guess we're just going to wait and see and see if they can be something special outside of WWE. I mean, I, I think given the right environment, all these – I'm not going to say they're all world champions, but they're definitely lower middle card, you know, TV title champion, whatever their titles are called, you know, like – I, fuck, I don't know, but I could see them being mid-card champions, you know, just, you know, hanging out right in the middle, but not, I don't see, really see any of these guys being, like, world champions, you know, of anything. Yeah, Rusev's kind of the only guy that sticks out, is, like, he, he could have been a lot more, I mean, all these other guys kind of were slotted at where they were, obviously, everyone probably could have got a better push and stuff, but moving on down the line, we got Aiden English, long time guy with the company. He was part of the Vaudevillains and NXT, uh, comes up, does he's a singer and does all that shtick, was with Rusev back in the day, and then he had a found a nice little niche being the commentator for 205 Live, and now he has been released, so kind of, you know, a mixture of an on-screen commentator and a wrestler. Very versatile talent. I'm. I don't really care about. I mean. I mean. Like. Like I said before. I feel sorry that they lost their job, but he, to me, wasn't a vital piece of like. Oh my God, he's gone. So I'm not. I'm not too heartbroken over this one. I mean, I, I've listened to some of his commentary. He. I think he's a good commentator. I think AEW has plenty of commentators. They don't need him, but maybe he'll. You know, find a niche somewhere else. Maybe he goes to ROH and can be a color guy there. He can kind of replace Cole Cabana. But, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. He, he's, he's a good talent. He's fine, but he, he doesn't really strike me as someone who's going to light the world on fire. Then we got Kurt Angle, who has been released. He's kind of a mixture of a producer, wrestler, obviously had his retirement match last year with Baron Corbin. This one was acknowledged by WWE, so with all these other – a lot of these names aren't exactly acknowledged by WWE, but they have kind of come out and said they've been released. So Kurt Angle – kind of a head scratcher i don't know why they just can put him on like a legends contract maybe that's what they're going to do kind of cut him from a a regular full-time or whatever kind of contract he has currently and then just kind of move him on to a legends deal or something which i think would be a smart idea because if not i i think honestly he aw would swoop him up in a heartbeat and he could i'm not gonna say make a killing but he could definitely make an impact in aw so i think they'd be stupid not to re-sign him under a a baby baby small really small legends deal just to just to kind of keep him in wwe just so he doesn't go out anywhere else yeah i I really don't understand if they were to sign him to a legends deal why they just couldn't like restructure so maybe he doesn't he didn't want to do a legends deal maybe he wants to go somewhere else but we will have to stay tuned to find out then we got sarah logan one of the few women who has been released she was just on raw this past monday getting obliterated by uh, Shayna Baszler. So, I mean, kind of unceremoniously dumped. She finally was getting, not getting like a super push, but she has been on TV a little more consistent than she has been. I mean, she was in the Elimination Chamber match and all that stuff, so. Um, I mean, I I liked Sarah Logan in in NXT. I remember I, I first saw her was at my first NXT live event in San Jose you took me to. And I was kind of like, damn, that Sarah Logan girl, she's she's kind of cool. But then, would you say she's underrated? (laughs) Yes, sir, I do. 
Um, but uh, not as not as underrated as Sonya Deville, though. Um, of course not. But uh, it, she's one of those that I don't think she could ever be a women's champion. But I do think that she could. She was there for a purpose, in my opinion. I think she was there to kind of just not elevate anyone, but kind of be that that constant thorn in your side that like, hey, I'm here. You got to beat me. And then they'd beat her, and then she'd be like, ah, shit. Yeah, she came in for the uh, Mae Young Classic. I was never super blown away by her, but she was just kind of one of those people who just stuck around. She found something with the Riot Squad. We keep saying AEW's women's division is terrible. I mean, if she wants to, for the right price, I guess you can bring her in, but I I still have never really been super high on her. So, I mean, it's really just up to the company if they want to take a shot AEW, please do not bring her in. I'm not saying that because she's bad. I'm just saying she's not going to do anything for that division. Please do not bring her in. Yeah, I think if you're going to bring in, like, someone from WWE, you're going to have to get one of the big names, you know, one of the four horsewomen or even, I mean, for – I don't even know who else would you get. Like maybe Alexa Bliss or like a big name, even though they're not the best of wrestlers. I mean, I mean, you or can someone from NXT. Dip. Exactly. I don't say Mia Yim can go there. I mean, if Candice gets cut, Candice can go there. And I, I'm not saying Candice is even a, you know, Candice is no uh, Sasha Banks, but I'm just saying, you know, that's yeah, because Candice is name. way better than Sasha Banks. I said it. Oh, shut, shut the fuck up, bro. Have you not seen Candice on the indie scene? World's cutest no, okay. tag team. I've, yeah, exactly. You're so freaking ball. You you have her balls on your mouth. Jeez. Well, not anymore because she turned him a boy Tommaso Chomp. It took him a dick kick city. I, I don't know if it's going to take me a long time to get over that one. Okay, well, let, let, let's keep getting Even, even though, you know, I, I might be like you, and once someone turns heel, maybe I just love them even more. What, what are you talking about? Like, uh, was it Dakota Kai, uh, Io Shirai? You know, you, you like the bad girls, Dominic. Okay, okay, let's get one thing here. Dakota Kai, I mean, I'll take Tegan Knox all day over Dakota Kai, let's be honest here. All right, moving on. We got uh, probably one of the more shocking ones was referee Mike Kyoto. Been with the company since, I think, 1989. You know, one of the more veteran guys just overall in the company. Been there so long. And this one was kind of shocking. It just kind of came out of nowhere with the only referee of note that I can see. And Brandon, I mean, my been- heart is broken. My heart is broken for this gentleman. He's been there for so long. And it's, I mean, part of me, it's kind of like it's passing of the torch. You know, you get all these new guys coming in. You're an old grizzle vet. You kind of got to just, you know, ride off in the sunset on your horse and just eat the bullet. But then again, it's like, damn, this guy, he's like the Earl Hebner of, of our generation, if you, if you think about it. You know what I mean? He's old, but yet not that old. He still can do a damn good job refereeing, you know, but. It's just really heartbreaking to see him leave. And with a lot of these new referees that are coming in, you don't they never acknowledge them by the name. They never really talk about who they are. And him and uh, the other guy, Nicholas is dead. He, they're, they're like the and, and Nate, little Nate. Those three are kind of the only ones that you really know them by name. And then everyone else just kind of blends in unless you, you know, follow them on Twitter or something like that. So, exactly. I mean, kind of a dying breed, especially in WWE. That's why I kind of like AEW, acknowledging the referees, kind of having them all kind of sectored off by divisions, having you know Mike Knox being the special tag team guy and stuff like that. Yeah, and, you know, I, I think uh, it, if they're going to induct anyone next year, I definitely think they need to induct him in the Hall of Fame next year. Him and Earl need to get inducted, for sure. Then we got Eric Rowan, someone who was getting a pretty constant push late last year, and then we get the shitty blow-off to his 
a pet whatever. It turned out to be a robotic toy spider. And then that thing gets crushed by Drew McIntyre, and we never really see him again. And he gone. Let, let, let me ask you this. Do you think if coronavirus never happened, would we be seeing this big of a list, you think? Or would you be seeing a more condensed list and maybe just the uh, Rowans or the, the Logans or something like that? Like, do you think this list would exist if Corona existed? Obviously not, Dominic, because the whole reason is they're trying to cut costs because of the coronavirus and losing all this money from live events and merchandise and all this other shit that they're missing out because they're not touring. You know, Dominic, you said some pretty fucking stupid shit, but I think that's probably the stupidest thing you've ever said. I said, before. I, I mean, the entire intro was me pretty much saying that this whole thing was going down because of the coronavirus. Uh, I'm too busy drinking my beer, so I don't. Really, I didn't really pay attention. Well, Dominic, your thoughts on Eric Rowan? Do we see him teaming up with his boy Brody Lee over there in AEW? I hope not. I mean, I think you need to kind of separate that whole, that whole, you know, Wyatt family legend brother i think you need to separate the hell out of that i I think they'd be very stupid to bring him in yeah i mean i've never really been so high on him i've been much higher on luke harper if eric one wants to prove me wrong go to japan and kill everybody be my guest i would love to be proven wrong by eric Rowan, but i just don't really see him doing all that well outside of the wwe context all right uh moving on brandon Come on. Go. Okay, fine. We got Primo and Epico. We kind of already talked about them. I mean, they're... Yeah, you skip over them. Fuck them. They, they're nobodies. Okay. Then we got Mike and Maria Canellis. We kind of thought Mike was gone for a long time. He hasn't really been used. They were kind of teasing that they were gone, and they never really left. But then today's the day. They get cut. Maria posted on her Instagram and Twitter a video talking a little bit about this. Obviously, I think Mike and Maria were underutilized. He was kind of a job guy coming in. Never thought he was going to be anything super special, but I thought he could have been a nice little mid-carder. Obviously, they had two kids while they were uh, with the company, so that kind of derailed their push, if you would want to say that. But it kind of sucks because they were getting a pretty good push, and then they have the first kid, and then they never really got used again. Was it you that said that they were smart to sign with WWE, then they you know, come in? They have a baby, and then they come back and then have another baby. Like, they got paid pretty much to be at home the whole time. Like, wasn't that you that said that? I'm pretty sure that's something I would not say, Dominic. Someone said you might I, say. That is probably something I would say. I probably did say that. But uh, your thoughts on Mike and Maria? Obviously, when they first came in, they didn't have two babies, and now they do have two babies. So I don't really know if they're going to go to Japan I mean, and do their thing over there now. I was gonna, actually going to say, they're either going back to ROH or back to New Japan, one of the two. Um, I, I'm going to scratch the kingdom is getting reunited. (laughs) Well, the reason I say new Japan is down is just because of the fact that you have two kids. Um, and my, uh, all the other things wanted to go back to new Japan so they can shove the camera up her ass while she's doing her entrance. That's what I was going to say too, is you need Maria there. You can't just have Mike. So wherever they go, Maria needs to be there kind of showing off the goodies a little bit, you know, but I don't think, uh, um, I think whatever happens is probably just going to be Mike for the longest time, and then Maria will probably have small appearances trying to, you know, get you know big name buzz behind it. All right, we're coming towards the end here. We have Zack Ryder. We kind of already talked about him. Then we have No Way Jose, someone who I've heard some good things that he was actually pretty good on the indie scene, but he was uh, stuck with this kind of you know dancing gimmick that you're not going to really reach any certain level. So maybe he is one of those guys who he could break out 
obviously he's probably not gonna be anything super special but maybe if he wants to go to new japan i i mean i, I think honestly i have more faith in no way jose proved me wrong than eric rowan just because i have heard some rumblings that no way jose before he came to wwe was actually a, a pretty good wrestler i mean i i've never heard anything um i i know I don't know if I read it or saw it or whatever, but I know somebody said that when he's being serious, you do not want to be in the ring with him because he is amazing at what he can do. Um, do I think he'll surprise me and, you know, go off and be a big name somewhere? I don't honestly think so, but I, I do see him maybe popping up on some indie scenes, maybe generating a little bit of a buzz, getting called up to like an impact, but not really doing much there. I can see him like, honestly, I, can see him kind of being like cj parker you know being like this goofy gimmick in wwe and then just completely reinventing himself over in japan and doing something different but i mean hopefully he uh hopefully all these people find success later on down the line then we got ruru we, we already talked about him i think obviously the the most the top guy on this list that could do something outside of wwe i mean that that that's that's an understatement. I think wherever he, I, I honestly think he's going to AEW when this is all up and good and when he's good to sign, he's going to AEW, and you're gonna have just a massive chant of Rusev Day when he, you know, matcha kicks somebody right in the freaking face, man. It's gonna be amazing. We get a uh, a faction with the revival in Rusev, the the two Americans and the Russian. Mm, I. <sighs> I mean, I, he, I mean, he, they come in first first show back with fans. They debut all together as a group. I mean, come on. I, 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 you, know, I, you don't like all the factions explode. in AEW, though, so. It's not that I don't like all the factions, but it's like some of them don't make sense. Death Triangle, but like Lucha Bros and Pac are better, in my opinion, separated. You know what I mean? But let's, let's not go down that, that river right now, buddy. All right, so that's pretty much it for all of us, unless you want to go over the producers, you know, Kidman, Rotunda, Finley, Buck, Sean DeVar, Scott Armstrong. I'm, I'm, I'm not too worried about it right now. Um, not, not like I said before, like I, I don't want these people to lose their job. Some of them, like you said, some of them are furloughed, some of them are releases, but, I mean, I'm hoping that this is kind of just a small – kind of in the heat of the moment thing. And then I'm hoping a lot of these people will be rehired once everything's said and done. The one that kind of sticks out to me is Lance Storm because he was having a pretty good success up there in Calgary, having a, a wrestling school. And because he took the job with WWE, he had to close all this. He had to close the store down or his school down. And now he might not, you know, have anything now because of this whole pandemic situation. Well, I mean, that that's something that, um, I'll, I can honestly tell you from experience is kind of throwing your, what do they say? All your chips in one bag or cookies. Putting all your eggs in one basket, Dominic. Yeah. That thing. I can honestly tell you from experience, it sucks going all in on something, but then if the payout is great, then you're good. But something like this, he kind of, he kind of did it at the wrong time. Not that he saw it coming, but it's just, you know, unforeseen circumstances that kind of screwed him. And, I'm I'm sure down the line he'll be fine. All right. That'll do it for us for today. Finally, but hold on. I'm going to throw you a curveball, Dominic. We didn't talk about this on our pre-show meeting, but Double or Nothing has been not postponed or canceled. It's just not going to take place with any fans, which hits home to us because we were supposed to go to Double or Nothing, putting 
all of our eggs in this one Las Vegas basket, you might say, Dominic. So kind of your thoughts about it all being canceled. We'll talk off the air about our plans, but do you, what, what's your thoughts on this finally happening? We kind of knew this was going to happen, but. I mean, we were, we were, we were, we, we were talking about it. We were saying like, Oh, it's not officially canceled. So hold on to hope, holding on to hope. And then what was it yesterday? The day before, when was it? It was yesterday, right? Correct. Oh, it's over. You know, they're, they're canceling it or they're, Allowing no fans. They're, like, well, our tickets are going to be valid for next year's 2021. So, Dominic, I'm going to ask you this live on the podcast. Are we going to next year's Double or Nothing, or am I getting that refund? So here, here's the thing. These seats, they're the same seats or better. I can't remember what you said. Than the ones we had last year, pretty, pretty much. So they're roughly the same from last year. Yeah, it's it's more closer to the ring than to the stage, so we probably have a a better view both ways. So so here's here's what I was talking to the studio about because you know she did accompany us on that trip. Is do we buy WrestleMania tickets next year with this money and then hold out hope that we can maybe get a better deal? But I got a feeling a lot of the people that are in the same boat we are, are just going to say, we'll just go next year. So that's why I'm, I'm kind of conflicted. I think I'd rather hold on to these tickets and we'll take that trip next year. Um, and then for WrestleMania, I think that we can just get whatever tickets we can get. Yeah. I mean, the, those, if the tickets that I got for my WrestleMania five years ago, it, it's going to be a lot of money to get any sort of decent seats for WrestleMania, but I don't know what the layout is. I'm pretty sure the LA tickets going to be super duper stupid expensive. And not only that is all the other events and bullshit we're going to be doing around WrestleMania weekend. If that even exactly. happens, because who knows? Yeah. Cause they're saying concerts and shit isn't going to happen until next fall. Exactly. And I hate to tell you this, Brandon, but my headphones are dying. So wrap this motherfucker up. Is that all you're going to say now is nothing. Ah, oh, damn it, Dominic. I pulled to you. I was closing. I was just going to town on recapping this motherfucker up, and then I I almost I almost had it. I almost did the entire thing without muting it, but that will do it for us for today. Thank you all for tuning in to this lovely bonus podcast. Tune in on Friday, tomorrow, probably, when you listen to this. Uh, we're going to go over everything, you know, probably talk more XFL. Maybe we'll have some more releases from this whole bullshit. Go over Raw, SmackDown, or not SmackDown, NXT, AEW, and everything in between. So for Dominic Hobson, my name is Brandon Tanguma. This has been Curveballs and Chair Shots. Studio Honest did not butt in for once. Goodbye and good night. Uh, bye-bye. <laughs>